This is Holy Week, and throughout the world, Christians are commemorating and celebrating and remembering the passion and the suffering and the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. And so this is a very special week. Um, so all around the world, Christians are celebrating this week uh, and remembering the passion, the suffering, and the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so every evening I've had an Easter uh, devotion. And so we have been going through the scriptures and looking at historically what happened on this day over 2,000 years ago. And so tonight, hello, Kathy. Hello, Pastor Darren. Um, tonight is called um, Monday Thursday. Does anybody know what that means? Everybody say that with me, Monday Thursday. Thursday. Now, don't get freaked out by these words, but uh, I want you to learn something tonight. The word Monday means, it's a Latin word, which means commandment. Um, and Jesus at the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, gave a new commandment. Do you know what that is? John chapter 13 and verse number 34. Jesus says this at the Last Supper, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So today, historically, is called Monday Thursday, because Monday comes from a Latin word, which means commandment. And at the Last Supper 2,000 years ago, Jesus gives a new commandment. And that new commandment was for us to love one another as he has loved us. And so that's what this, that's what today means, Monday, Thursday. It also means not only did Jesus have uh, his Last Supper with his disciples, but he also washed his disciples' feet. And so that was a demonstration of love and humility by the washing of the disciples' feet. So today is called Monday Thursday because Monday comes from a Latin word which means commandment. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave us a new commandment, and that commandment was for us to love one another. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus, uh, on Thursday, he had the Last Supper and he washed his disciples' feet. That was an expression of love. Um, so he, he, has, he had the Last Supper and he washed his disciples' feet. And that is found in Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 26. Listen to this. Matthew 26, verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread. He blessed it. He broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take this, all of you, for this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from all of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until, I, until the day I drink from it, with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And so 2,000 years ago on Thursday evening, Jesus participated and partook of the Last Supper. So Jesus and his 12 disciples were, were eating the last Passover meal together. And Jesus takes the bread and, and he takes the cup and he says to, uh, of the cup, drink from all of you, drink of this, for this is my blood. And he says of the bread, this is my body. Now, uh, all of you are scholars, and so uh, you, you love the scriptures. And so uh, there has been a great debate uh, for 2,000 years ago, uh, for 2,000 years, for what Jesus really meant by this. Now, we are Protestant Christians. 
but you know and I know that uh, there are other Christians around the world that are not Protestant. And there are some Christians that interpret this scripture literally. So this is the Last Supper, and Jesus takes the bread and says, this is my body. He takes the cup and says, this is my blood. There are some Christians who take this passage literally, and they think that the bread is the actual body of Christ, and the blood is his actual blood. They really believe the juice is blood, and they really believe the bread is his flesh. And Catholics and Greek Orthodox and some Anglicans, uh, some of them believe, the majority of them believe that it is actual the flesh of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. That is why in some of their churches, when they take communion, they stick their tongue out and the priest puts it on their mouth or, or they drink from the one cup. They really, really believe that it is the actual body and the actual flesh of Jesus and the actual blood of Jesus. That is why when you go to their churches, the pulpit is not in the center. A communion table, an altar is in the center and the pulpit is to the side. Because their worship centers around the bread and the juice, and they actually believe it's the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. It is what we call transubstantiation, which means the bread and the juice is transformed into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't, ne we don't necessarily believe that, uh, and I'm not condemning Christians who believe that, but we don't believe that. We believe that the bread and the juice represents the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? The bread and the juice represents the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we believe that when we take of the bread and we drink of the juice, that we are, we are symbolizing his death and his resurrection. It is an outward sign of an inward work. We don't believe that communion saves us from our sins. We believe that we partake of communion as an act of belief that we believe in the sacrifice and the burial and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We partake of that. Now, it's a serious matter because the Apostle Paul said that some have taken of the bread and drank of the juice. And, and because of that, some of them have died because they did not drink of it and eat of it. Uh, uh, they did it in a disrespectful way. Now, listen, some people think, well, I can't take communion. I can't eat of the bread and drink of the juice because I'm unworthy. Well, listen, folks, there is nobody ever perfect. The scripture says if you partake of it in an unworthy manner. So if you're disrespectful in taking it, it doesn't mean that you that you're that, you know, you're perfect, sinless. It just means that you're not disrespectful when you do take it, because early Christians thought thought it like they thought the Lord's Supper was like a potluck meal. And so they were kind of being disrespectful. And Paul was saying, listen, the Lord's Supper is not a potluck meal where you just sit around and have a good time and and, and you eat until you can't eat anymore. That's disrespectful. He is saying that the Lord's Supper is an act. It's an act of thanksgiving that when we take of the bread and we take of the juice, we are remembering what Jesus did. We are remembering his sacrifice. We're remembering his death. We're remembering his passion. And as a result of that, we're giving thanks. It's what some word is some Christians call the Eucharist. It's, it's we're giving thanks for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. All right. It doesn't say unworthy state. It says unworthy manner. 
he that takes of it in an unworthy manner can cause damnation to himself. So if you're disrespectful, but it doesn't say anything about an unworthy state because all of us are broken. We're all flawed. We all have faults and failures. We're never perfect. So if you're waiting for a perfect moment to take the Lord's Supper, then you will wait until Jesus comes because nobody's perfect. It means that you shouldn't be disrespectful. The motive in which you come to the Lord's Supper should not be disrespectful, that you should honor the Lord's body, remember his body, remember his blood, be thankful for it when you partake of it. And so today is Monday, Thursday. What happened 2,000 years ago on Thursday? It's the Lord's Supper, and he washed the disciples' feet. Amen. And he gave us a new commandment that we should love one another as he has loved us. That is the commandment. And as a result of that, Jesus took off, Jesus took off his linen belt. He took his, his, some of his garments and he began to wash his disciples' feet. You know, Peter was like, Lord, don't do this. I should, you know, don't wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you will have no part with me. And Peter was like, well, Lord, not only wash my feet, but wash my hands, wash my head, wash all of me. I want all of you. And you see, Christ's point, Monday, Thursday is about complete submission to the Lord, all of you. Peter said, not only do I want you to wash my feet, I want you to wash my head. I want you to wash everything. I want you, I want to have a part in you. And so it's it's about complete surrender to the Lord. Everything that we have belongs to him, and we're just simply a steward of what he's given us. I want to give out one principle in the Lord's the Lord's uh, Supper here that I think is interesting, okay? I hope I didn't bore you with all that information, but I think it's important that you you know some of this information, but stay with me. I want to tell you something interesting. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we don't really read the Bible. You know, we just read it and we don't really read it. But I want you to see something here. It says this is talking about the Lord's Supper. It says Matthew 26 and verse 26, Jesus takes the bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, he gives it to his disciples. Then he takes the cup and says, this is the, 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 this is the, the new covenant. This isn't the blood of the new covenant. And he says, I say to you, I'm not going to eat of this until I eat it with you in my father's kingdom. And this is what's interesting. Verse number 30, it said, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, I know this was protocol. A part of Passover was that they would sing together. So I'm not surprised that they sung together. But what I want, I want you to see a spiritual implication here, a spiritual principle, is that Jesus knew that within 24 hours he would be crucified. And yet he had the audacity to still sing. He still sung at the Passover, when he knew in 24 hours he would be crucified, you find him in verse number 30, you find him singing. Can we sing even, even though we know what lies ahead? Can you sing even though you know what lies ahead? Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen to him, and you still find him singing in verse number 30. Can you sing? even though you know what's getting ready to happen. Now, the question is, is what in the world was he singing? Now, tradition tells us that the disciples would sing at the Passover, but they would sing the Hallel songs. 
everybody say the Hallel Psalms. Psalms. The Hallel Psalms are the Hallelujah Psalms. And that's what the disciples would sing at Passover. So here, Jesus is singing at Passover, but he's singing one of the Hallel Psalms or the Hallelujah Psalms. And do you know what he was singing? The Psalm, the Hallelujah Psalm that says, This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is singing, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That was a part of the singing that was found at the Last Supper. Jesus was singing, even though he knew that in 24 hours he would be dying. He would be crucified. And so Christ's point, can you sing even in the midst of this pandemic? Can you sing even though your life is falling apart? Do we sing because we're hurting? Do we sing because we know what lies ahead? No, we sing because we know who holds the future. We sing because we know we win in the end. We sing because we know at the end we're going to win. We know that God is in control, that God is sovereign. That's why we can sing. And we find Jesus singing right at the Last Supper. Isn't that interesting? And uh, I find that interesting. And you can look at the Hallel Psalms. There's a passage, three or four Hallel. There's more than three or four Hallel Psalms, uh, the Hallelujah Psalms that you can find Jesus singing. But anyway, hopefully you enjoyed my Easter meditation tonight. I certainly miss you.